At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare getting ready to take on spring make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools from hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball, this is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. A warm up for the low. Welcome to Buffalo, Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. We've got a great podcast for you. It's in the second segment, going to be joined by Jason Radowitz. He does a great job over there, a bookmaker review along with Odds Checker as a tremendous MLB handicapper. In the second segment, we're going to be talking about just what we've been seeing the last few weeks with runs starting to tick up a little bit. We're also going to get his thoughts on the Mets and the great start of the season that they've had. And then we'll dive into a few games that we are able to give analysis on for this Thursday because as I'm doing this, there are a lot of games that are off the board, but with that said, I'm going to be picking his brain about what we're all seeing for Thursday. And then in the final segment, going to give you guys picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Thursday as we touch them all. First things first, always do love to be able to answer Twitter questions on this podcast. If you've got one or two ways to be able to throw those in, first one is my Twitter timeline at Janet underscore D1. Keep in mind, letters EM, they mean does not matter. So as per usual, please do send these into the timeline. Other ways, find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you're able to find whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast. By that five star review. Only questions I got is why are we seeing so many football scores out there in Major League Baseball? So let's get down to business. So let's take a look at everything that we wound up getting on Wednesday. Try to find some trends and try to get to know these teams a little bit better. A game from yesterday is Greg buzzing about. Here is the rowdy recap. The Slam Diego Padres slammed the Cubs. 
19 to 5. Boy, this is just embarrassing for a once proud organization. As with the Cubs, they wound up allowing a trio of home runs as Frank Schwindel wound up coming out to pitch again. Second time in less than seven days, Luke Voigt took him deep for his eighth home run season. Ron Wick wound up giving one up to Manny Machado, his 11th home run season. Alec Mills wound up giving up a home run to Ordeal Alfaro, his fifth, as it was Caleb Gillian who wound up getting the start. Probably not ready for the big leagues quite yet. Gave up five runs over the course of four innings, but sadly, pretty much did a better job than the bullpen. As Schwindel, position player, winds giving up three runs in an inning. You wound up getting five outs without Eric Stout winding up giving up a run, and he was a high point of this night. As Alec Mills, he gets four outs, he gives up five runs. Rowan Wick, he gives up two runs in an inning. Daniel Norris, he got zero outs, and he gave up four runs to improve ZRA to an 825. And for the Cubs, you wound up having Christopher Moore Morrell get his fourth home run of the season. That winds coming off of Craig Salmon as he came in after Ryan Weathers got shelled. He was not able to Weathers the storm. Four runs given up in three and two-thirds innings. He had a 70 ERA at the minor leagues prior to this. Salmon, he winds up giving up one run in two innings. And then from there, you wind up having Stephen Wilson give you four outs without giving up a run. And then you wind up having Kyle Tyler wind up giving you two scoreless innings. So the Padres really took it to the Cubs. The Chicago White Sox really took it to the Detroit Tigers. 13 and nothing the final, and things wound up getting very ugly here for the Detroit Tigers as they wound up throwing three position players in the final three innings. Just an embarrassment to the game, if you ask me, but that's my opinion. Alex Fajardo, he winds up giving up seven runs in three innings. He hadn't given up more than two runs in any start this season as Yoel Moncada gets his third home run the season. He wind up having from there Daniel Mendick be able to get his third home run season, and we all remember this guy from last season. Sebi Zavala winds up getting his first home run season. That one wound up coming off of Alex Lang. As Lang wound up coming in, he gave up two runs in an inning. He did wind up having a scoreless inning out of Jason Foley. And then he wound up having Joe Menes give up two runs in an inning. And a Tigers team that right now they've got one healthy starter from their rotation of five guys that began the season. They sent out their Harold Castro for a scoreless inning. You wound up having Cody Clemens give up a run in an inning. And Tucker Barnard, the catcher, winds up giving up a run in an inning himself. That was just very, very sad. And for the Tigers, they have 31 home runs this season on 62 games as they couldn't hit Velasquez as the opener. Two and two-thirds inning scoreless as he pretty much wound up being the opener for Davis Martin, who was the both guy, five and a third inning scoreless. And then Jose Ruiz winds up coming in and he's able to come in for mop-up duty. DK Nation pick hits with ease as we trusted in Corbin Burns and Corbin Burns delivered. I think that he heard me not say his name in an old English accent yesterday, and he decided to pitch well. 10-2 the final in this one as for the Milwaukee Brewers. No home runs, but they went 5-12 with men in scoring position, and they got to one of my main guys in Peterson. David Peterson, no relation, gives up four runs over the course of four innings, and glad I wasn't related on this night. He's been actually pretty good, but this night was not so great. Jake Reed from there gives up five runs, and he got two outs. Boy, it's not going well for him. 1662 ERA. If your ERA is a year that is beyond the dark ages, you know it's not going well for you. And then Trevor Williams, two and a third innings. He winds up giving up one run. Adam Adovino, Jolie Rodriguez, they both give you a scoreless inning. And Jeff McDeal did wind up taking Corbin Burns deep. Fourth home run season as Burns, other than that, was able to do a relatively solid job in this one. Gives up two runs over the course of six innings. Miguel Sanchez winds up giving you a scoreless inning. And then Peter Strzelski, hopefully I'm saying that one correctly, he winds up giving two scoreless innings to the Brewers. After they had lost nine out of their last ten, they get up off the mat. The Houston Astros really took it to the Walker Texas Rangers, 9-2 to the final. This was the first start of the season for Tyson Miller, and he was rudely greeted by the Astros. Six runs given up, and 
He didn't make it out of the first. He got two outs. From there, you did have Asus Tinoco wind up giving you two and a third innings scoreless. And all the home runs were given up by Kobe Allard. He wound up being the bulk guy going five innings, giving up three runs, including two bombs. And Charlie Culberson wound up coming in to pitch a ninth inning. That's a position player going deep for the Houston Astros. Yoli Gurriel, fourth home run season. Martin Maldonado is fifth. And Luis Garcia, who wound up being really bad on the road last season and very good at home. He's now got north of a four ERA at home on the road. It's actually sub two. 50. Gives up one run in six innings. He did wind up allowing a home run in this one to Corey Seager. 13th home run season, but Astros who have the number one bullpen area, they wind up getting it done once again. Brandon Belak, along with Seth Martinez and Phil Mayton, all able to give you a scoreless inning. You did wind up having the Philadelphia Phillies and Miami Marlins play a little bit of a tighter game. The Phillies pull this one out by a count of 3-1 to one as you wound up getting six and two-thirds innings scoreless to the surprise of many from Daniel Castano. Actually, a really good start out of him. And then from there, Bullpen wound up just discombobulating. Tommy Nance gives you an out of the bullpen. Anthony Bass, scoreless inning, but the Marlins, they can only have a bottom eight bullpen in the big leagues, and Tanner Scott, he gave this thing up in the ninth inning, as he winds up giving up three runs in two-thirds of an inning, including a walk-off home run. Walking it off, that would be Mr. Garrett Stubbs, his third home run of the season. As for the Phillies, Kyle Gibson, tremendous start. Gives up one solo home run over the course of eight innings as Miguel Ross wound up taking him deep for Miguel Ross. That is his fifth home run season. And then you wound up getting a scoreless inning out of Mr. Connor Brogdon as he wound up picking up the win to his credit. You wound up having the Arizona Diamondbacks take it to the Cincinnati Reds 7-4 and one of the strangest games I've ever seen pitch by Zach Gallen. I mean, the numbers are terrific. He gives up two runs over the course of seven innings. He did it on two hits, but he had four hits batsmen, and he wound up having his own error wind up costing him one of these runs. So that was very strange, and then he settled down from there. Noye Ramirez, Mark Melanson, they both give up a run in an inning as Ramirez gives up Brandon Drury's 13th home run season, and for Luis Castillo, he winds up giving up three runs over the course of seven innings. Not a bad showing here, as you did wind up having Geraldo Perdomo take him deep, second home run season, but this is a Reds bullpen that is cataclysmically bad, and Art Warren was cataclysmically bad. Now rocking a 7.66 ERA, gives up four runs in a third of an inning, and one of our favorites, Revier Sim Martin, winds up getting a pair of outs out of the bullpen, two lower ERA to 12.74. We are hoping that we can get up at a starting spot to fade the junk out of him, because it has not been going well for him. It's not been going well for the Kansas City Royals either. They currently own the big league's worst record, but they get the job done against the San Francisco Giants by a count of 3-2, to two. as John Easley, not a great start, as he didn't lend a lot of length, giving up two runs over the course of four innings, including home run going deep for the San Francisco Giants. Brandon Belt, his fifth home run season, but bullpen, which has been horrible this year, that is back. Scott Barlow, Taylor Clark combined for three scoreless innings. You wind up having Amir Garrett give you a scoreless inning, and Jose Cuas gets a win with his scoreless inning, and for the Kansas City Royals, they went just all up too with men in scoring position. They took advantage of a San Francisco Giants error from Brendan Crawford as Sammy Long served as pretty much the opener in this one. Two hundred runs due to that error over the course of three innings, and then the rest of the guys didn't do too bad. Dominique Leon, Tyler Rogers, Mauricio Lovera give you two scoreless innings. Zach Liddell, he winds up giving up nothing in his two innings of work, and John Brebbia takes a loss after he gives up one run in an inning just in case, which the San Francisco Giants were currently averaging right around five runs per game at home. One of the best marks out there in the big leagues. Just nothing doing for them. A lot doing for the Atlanta Braves right now is make that win streak 14. They completely pummel the Washington Nationals by a count of 8-2. to two. We are seeing lots of steam coming on the Atlanta Braves and well, that steam has been correct thus far as Austin Riley goes the 
deep twice in this one. His 17th and 18th home runs of the season as they all three of these home runs came off of the bullpen. Orlando Arcia, his third home run season as Carl Edwards Jr. allows two of those bombs. He gives up three runs in inning. And Eric Fetty, I'm not going to go out here and say it was a great start. It wasn't terrible, though. He gives up three runs in five and a third innings, but Steve Ciszek, he gives up two runs, including one of those bombs in one and a third innings before you wind up needing to get four outs out of the bullpen from Francisco Perez, who did not wind up allowing a single run. You did wind up having Luis Garcia, who's actually hitting right around like a 350 right now. Get a home run off of Spencer Strider. Second home run season for Strider. Probably his best start. He gets all 11 punch-outs in five and two-thirds innings. He looked very good in this one. Jesse Chavez gives you four outs out of the bullpen from there, and then Asus Cruz, A.J. Minter, they clean up the eighth and ninth innings to be able to get it done. You wind up seeing the Boston Red Sox really beat up on the Oakland A's. 10-1 was the final in this one. As for Oakland, the lone run of the game was a solo shot from pinch hitter Matt Davidson as he winds up getting his second home run season. James Caprillion, the cap has been going down in a fiery heap. Six runs, five of which were earned, give it up in three and a third innings as going deep for the Boston Red Sox. You wound up having Rafael Devers get a 16th home run season, then Domingo Acevedo would give up the fourth home run season to Alex Verdugo as he lost two runs in an inning. A.J. Puck gives you four outs out of the bullpen and Sam Mall. You wound up having a scoreless inning as Mall and Puck have sub-170 ERA still, but Lou Trevino, he's now got an ERA north of nine as he gives up two runs in an inning. It's not going too well there. And for the Boston Red Sox, you wind up having young Josh Winkowski wind up getting the start. He looked very good. Five scoreless innings. He was a big part of, I believe, the Andrew Benintendi deal. You wind up having Jake Diekman from there give up that solo run in the course of his inning. But Ada Cousins out of order, Ryan Brazier, and Tyler Danish. I'll be giving you a scoreless inning for a Boston Red Sox team that don't look now, but they're now 34-29 and 29 and surging up there in the American League East. And they very nearly got a little bit of up from the Blue Jays, but the Blue Jays, after blowing a 5-0 lead, they're able to regroup. They get the outright win by a count of 7-6. Anyone laying the run line, not so happy about that as for Baltimore. Bruce Zimmerman, two ends on Zimmerman, got destroyed, giving up six runs in four and two-thirds innings, 11 hits along the way, and three bombs going deep for Toronto off of a Matt Chapman, ninth home run season, Flagger Jr. is 16th, and then Teoscar Hernandez is 4th. This is actually a really good Baltimore bullpen, though. They're actually in the top five in terms of ERA. Brian Baker, two and a third inning scoreless. Dylan Tape, Ore Lopez, they both give you a scoreless inning before Felix Batista allows the unearned run in the 10th inning due to the ghost run run for the Orioles. All of a sudden, getting a little bit of power as Ryan Mountcastle, his 11th and 12th home runs of the season. One comes off of one, Jose Barrios, and the other comes off of Yimi Garcia. Adelie Rushman, the former number one overall pick. His first home run comes north of the border as he winds going deep off of Barrios as well. He gives up three runs in seven innings. Barrios does, including a pair of bombs. And then from there, a bad Toronto Blue Jays bullpen. They allow some runs. Yimi Garcia gets two outs, gives up three runs, including one of those bombs to Mesa. Winds up giving you an out of the bullpen and... To the credit of Jordan Romano and Simber, they kept their innings clean, but certainly a little bit of a concern for the Toronto Blue Jays moving forward. I have to be a little bit concerned by this as Captain Jack Flaherty, he did not look like the captain in this one as he winds up going out and winds up pitching three innings against the Pittsburgh Pirates. Didn't look great, and the Pirates get a 6-4 win, just their second win in their last 10 games after they looked very solid in that sweep of the LA Dodgers, but for Flaherty, 
four runs, two of which were earned over the course of three innings. Andre Palanti comes in in long relief, and he's been very good in long relief. He winds up giving up two runs in two and a third innings in this one, though, including a home run going deep. Brian Reynolds, 11th home run season. He's actually been able to go on a tear recently, as you don't mess with the Johan Oviedo and TJ McFarland. Three and two-thirds innings scoreless, and for the Cardinals, they went just one of ten with men in scoring position. Dylan Carlson gets his fourth home run of the season and second home run in the last week as he takes Ronzi Contreras deep and for Contreras, another great start here. Four runs, three of which were earned, give it up in four and a third innings, but Will Crow, pair of scoreless innings at David Benhar. He winds up coming in for the non-traditional eight-out save. I should say it was traditional because it used to be what they did way back in the day. You don't see that too much in 2022. The Cleveland Guardians, you see this quite often. Them being able to put up a touchdown in Colorado. They wind up taking down the Rockies by kind of 7-5 to five as Connor Pilkington, not long for this game for the Guardians. He gives up four runs, two of which were earned, but their bullpen of the Guardians was much better than that of the Colorado Rockies. Anyel de Los Santos, along with Trevor Steven, they combine for five outs of the bullpen. Nick Samlin gives up a run in an inning, but Brian Shaw, Emmanuel Classe, give you scoreless eighth and ninth innings. And for the Guardians, Amid Rosario wound up having a triple and a home run, his first of the season. Not quite a cycle, but he was able to do a solid job. That home run comes off of Austin Gomber, who got Gombert up. Five runs, give it up in four and two-thirds innings. From there, you wind up having one run, give it up by Chad Smith in one and a third innings. Ulysses Justine, surprisingly, gives you two scoreless innings, but Carlos Aceves, he gives up a run in his inning of work for Colorado. Not necessarily going great for them, 27 and 36, and they're in the bottom two in the big leagues in terms of bullpen ERA. A team that has been towards the top of the big leagues all season long in nearly all aspects is the New York Yankees, and they get it done against the Tampa Bay Rays, 4-3 to the finalists. For the Rays, Shane McClanahan, his worst start of the year wasn't necessarily his fault as Brett Phillips committed a pretty bad error out there in the field and there wound up being some calls that didn't necessarily go his way and then he probably gives up two bombs, which is why he only had one earned run out of the four runs and gave up two home runs along the way. Kyle Gashioka, his third home run of the season in what was just a complete utter disaster towards the middle of that game for the Tampa Bay Rays and Aaron Judge, his league-leading 25th home run, Nestor Cortez, after he wound up getting hit around a little bit in Minnesota, Bounced back in a big way in this one. Did have three walks, but just one run surrendered in five and a third innings, and the Yankees' bullpen goes to work. Miguel Castro, Juan Peralta combined for two and a third innings. Castro does wind up giving up two runs along the way, but Lucas Lukey, he gives you an out of the bullpen, and Clay Holmes lowers his ERA to a 0-29 with his scoreless setting. He's right now looking like one of the best closers out there in the big leagues, and for the Rays, you did have Sean Armstrong along with Ryan Thompson also be able to give you a scoreless setting. And then the Minnesota Twins, they wind up going to Seattle, and they get a shutout, 5-0. They take down Seattle as Sonny Gray, five scoreless settings, first start in about two and a half weeks for him, and then Griffin Jacks gets he jacks up, he, Johan Duran, Jarrell Cotton, I'll give you a scoreless setting, and Josh Smith and Caleb Theobar combined for a scoreless setting. No home runs in this one for Mr. Byron Buxton. He was held scoreless 0 of 5, but with that said, the Minnesota Twins able to do just enough to get to one Marco Gonzalez, who, I mean, he's the one that takes the loss, even though the bullpen really did a bad job in the back half of this one. Six and two-thirds innings. He gives up one run. Tough luck loss, considering Penn Murphy from there gives up three runs in two-thirds of an inning. Paul Seawald gives you an out of the bullpen along Sergio Romo, but you have Rayonis Ellis give up a run in an inning, so four out of the five runs come off the bullpen, and of course, Marco Gonzalez Gonzalez winds up taking the loss as the Seattle Mariners also wind up going 0 of 10 with men in scoring position. That is not necessarily so great, but what is great is just being able to take a look at the great game of baseball in general, and we took a look at the battle for Los Angeles, and of course, that winds up going the way of the Dodgers as they wind up taking down the LA Angels by a count of 4 to 1 as 
For the LA Angels, he did have Shohei Otani give you a triple, and that's about it. Reed Detmers, he got destroyed. Four runs given up in three and two-thirds innings, even though he had that no-hitter in this early part of the season. I still argue he's not necessarily ready for the big league straight turner down for what, and Will Smith get jiggy with it. Both of them get their eighth home run season off of Detmers. A really bad Angels bullpen from there actually went to work. I'm Abaria, Austin Warren, both give you a scoreless setting, and Jimmy Hergett. He gets two and a third inning scoreless, but for the Dodgers, Tyler Anderson. How about him? He wound up giving up just one it, and that one it wound up coming, I believe, in the ninth inning as it was a Ty Duffy single that scored Shoy Otani that wound up being the lone run that was surrendered in this one. Craig Gimbrell, he gives up one of those hits in two-thirds of an inning, but Tyler Anderson took a no-hitter into the ninth inning for the L.A. Dodgers as they wind up getting it done very easily, and if you take a look at the last three days in Major League Baseball, I haven't been seeing a lot of low-scoring games. 207 overs, 187 unders over the last three days, so that is 52.5% to the over, and we're going to talk about this a little bit more on the other side with Jason Radowitz, but in this time span as well, we've been noticing that home favorites, they've been doing a little bit of a better job of being able to cover the run line. There have been 41 instances in which the home team has won, but won by just one run. They're currently 157 and 106 straight up in this time span, 116 and 149 in terms of the run line, but that's actually better than what we've seen for the entirety of the season because you look at the season as a whole and home favorites, they are on the money line, 355 and 243, so 59.4% clip. But among these 355 straight-up wins, they have failed to cover the run line 106 times, so that's an issue. And if you look at the season as a whole, right now 51.2% of games have went under. 455 unders, 434 overs, and overall underdogs having a little bit of a tough time of it. 370 and 564 straight up for underdogs. So that's what we're seeing right now in Major League Baseball, and that's what we wound up seeing on Wednesday. Now let's turn the page forward to Thursday, and let's take a look at things from a scoring standpoint and from a New York Mets standpoint with our good friend Jason Radowitz of Odd Checker Long Bookmaker Review. He joins me next right here on the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now a part of the Decent Family Podcast. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. 
We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare getting ready to take on spring make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools from hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, 
Call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, yeah, because you got to think, he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on top of that. that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came to my room crying tears. (laughs) I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it? Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball, this is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. And we're back here in lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Decent Family Podcast. Always great to be joined by this guest as he does a great job taking a look at the MLB for a wide variety of outlets, the game day MLB odds checker, bookmaker review. And then when it comes to the NFL season, he does some great work with betting pros NFL as well. So this is a man that he checks all the boxes, does a terrific job taking a look at the game that we all love. And to be able to follow him on Twitter, that is at Jason underscore Radowitz. Last name is spelled R-A-D-O-W-I-T-Z. And Jason, great to have you aboard. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Finally, I, I think we're seeing a little bit more offense in baseball since the last time I talked to you. So that's always good because you know that I'm a big over guy and like betting on runs. I think the weather obviously has definitely impacted that as well. Absolutely. And what has been sort of your approach with regards to these totals sticking upward? Because I still remember first three or so weeks of the season, we were seeing an under rate of right around 60%. Now, if you look at the entirety of the season, we're down to right around 51.5%. And just take a look at the last three days, over 52% of games have wound up going over the total. So we certainly have seen a little bit of a reversal when it comes to these totals going over. Yeah, I think one of the other keys is just seeing other pitchers come up from you know triple a and coming into the majors and so you know when you start the season every team is usually pretty healthy they had their starting five but as we know in the mlb uh the guys get hurt they get injured you need to have a lot of depth in your farm system on your bench and so we're seeing a lot of kind of pitchers that we don't really know who they are 
and that has also helped a little bit as well. But I don't know if they changed the balls or whatnot, but we're just seeing more offense, and it's just good to see all those numbers being a little bit higher going up against pitchers that might be struggling a little bit, and obviously that's my cup of tea. Yep, and when it comes to the baseballs, I mean, your guess is good as mine, and both of our guesses are as good as anyone listening to the show as to what Major League Baseball has done with the baseballs from last year to this year or throughout the course of this season. But what I have noticed is that it feels like weather is playing a little bit more of a factor this season, just when the weather is colder. I mean, typically you're just going to find lower scoring games in general. That's the way the baseball winds up working. Typically balls that they wind up going out in June, they're going to die at the warning track in April. But I feel like it's been more demonstrative this year than in past years. I don't know if you felt the same way about this, but I think that weather has had a little bit more of an effect on totals than we've seen in past seasons. Yeah, I mean, so we had that pandemic year, which was just an odd one. But overall, it's just, I think with the MLB, it's just, they're never consistent with anything. And so it's so hard to go back another year and look at those numbers and say, oh, that's what's going to happen this year. There's just no consistency with baseball when it comes to the rules, when it comes to the baseballs and, and whatnot. Like one year, you're out to use sticky stuff. Next year, you can't. Now we've got guys on second base start the extra innings. Other years you can't, so that changes the over-under impact. Baseball just can't stay consistent with anything. That is why it's kind of difficult to know really what's going on here, why numbers are going up or down and this and that. It's baseball being, being inconsistent with their rules and regulations throughout the last decade. Are you telling me that Rob Manfred has been inconsistent? <laughs> call me shocked. We need to call up all the papers because we've got a big revelation on this podcast. That's, we do have Jason Radowitz joining me right here. And obviously, you can hear the chuckles there. But with that said, one team that has been chuckling their way to first place, that has been the New York Mets. As of right now, we're not seeing numbers on their game for Thursday against the Milwaukee Brewers, but we know that it's going to be Tyler Miguel going for the Mets and Aaron Ashby is going to be taking the bump for the Brewers. And I know that you're a man that's out there in the Northeast part of the country. I know that you follow the Mets and the Yankees quite closely. What have you just seen out of this Mets team in general? Because, I mean, it's just a completely new-look bunch. I thought that bringing in Buck Showalter was going to be able to make a quite substantial impact, in my opinion. And I don't even know if I was thinking that I was going to make this much because it just looks like a completely new and just more sharp team in general. Yeah, look, you know, a lot of people might say that managers don't matter, but I think the Mets are the biggest example. And yeah, they added some new pieces, obviously Max Scherzer being one of them, and he's been out for a while anyway. Charlie Marte, Eduardo Escobar, you know, the list goes on. But overall, yeah, I think the manager makes such a bigger impact than people might believe. Before Showalter, you had Rojas and you had Callaway, two guys that were very kind of mellow, didn't have really any fire to them and show walter he's just kind of a people person like he just kind of is able to have you know great relationships with all of his players and he just kind of gets them and just gets the game obviously he's one of the best managers in baseball because he knows all the rules he's always prepared and always has his players prepared so obviously if he's able to win a world series with the mets he'll go down as one of the best managers ever in the mlb but that one thing holding him back, of course, is that World Series title. But just in general, the Mets, they were just on a long road trip in the West. So even myself, I couldn't stay up for all those games because they were finishing at around 1 o'clock. And I had to wake up early to write articles for the next day. But overall, just the Mets have been really, really fun. This is different than I think we've ever seen with this Mets team. It's like, oh, well, they're finally going to break. Oh, they're going to do this. They're going to do that. 
it's just a different, different team. I know the Braves are on a huge rampage right now, but the Mets have held their ground. You know, they've done it without Scherzer and DeGrom, who will both be back eventually. So that's good news. Like you said, Tyler McGill, he'll be on the mound for the Mets for Thursday. And, you know, this is a guy who's also injured, but he's back. I think that he's impressed a lot, you know, throughout the, the season when he was performing. He'll go up against Aaron Ashby, who is also another really great young pitcher a left-hander who will walk a ton of batters, but has some really good stuff. I think he had a no-hitter through like six innings earlier on in the year. He's been really good. I think he'll only improve as his career progresses. So it's a great matchup between two young pitchers that have a lot of potential. Yeah, I think that it's going to be really fun to be able to take a look at these guys. And personally, with regards to my handicap, I've got the Mets right around a minus 145-ish favorite. We'll see what the opening numbers wind up being because right now we just don't have any numbers up on that game. But I think that that is going to be a fun one to take a look at as we do have Jason Radowitz does a great job over there at Bookmaker Review along with Odds Checker joining me on the podcast. And when it comes to the Thursday slate, I do think that it's a fascinating one because we've got a lot of teams that they're not going to be in action due to travel. But we do have a few games that are up on the board and a team that is really looking to claw their way really into more of the meat of the American League playoff race. That'd be the Blue Jays. It's going to be very tough for them to catch the New York Yankees because the Yankees, they have been able to do an amazing job this season of just being able to get going here and judge another home run on Wednesday. But with that said, one of the best pitchers in baseball, Kevin Gosman, going to be taking the mound. And obviously you're finding the Toronto Blue Jays as a very, very sizable favorite in this spot. You're going to need to lay a lot of juice on the money line. And if you're looking at the run line, you're still going to be laying a little bit of a price there. But how do you look at both the Blue Jays in this game of moving forward? Because I think that you and I would both agree, laying as I'm seeing it right now, about a minus 255 at DraftKings, probably not palatable in this spot. But I do think that there are other ways to extract value when it comes to the Blue Jays when you do wind up finding them as this big of a favorite. Yeah, so the Blue Jays are obviously a great team total over. You know, recently they've been very good along with like the Red Sox and of course the Yankees and that entire, you know, division. But, yeah, Gosman, he's been terrific, 2.67 ERA, but he does have a 5-5 five and five record. So, you know, are the Blue Jays not scoring when he's on the mound? I mean, I think a lot of aces might, you know, have that happen to them. And then you've got Tyler Wells on the mound for the Orioles, and, you know, I think that he probably gets overlooked a little bit. I think he's capable of getting a stall and not a strikeout. Last year, I thought he showed a little bit of potential, and this year he's been a little hot and cold, but overall I don't think he's, the worst pitcher on the Orioles. So it's a day game. The Blue Jays are probably going to be coming off a massive win against the Orioles you know, on Wednesday. We, we're recording this before that game is over, but they're facing a lefty right now. You would assume that the Blue Jays take care of business with eight righties in the lineup and a lot of power in that lineup. But overall, yeah, maybe I think this could be a, a lower scoring game between the two. I think Wells doesn't get enough credit and obviously Gosman has been terrific, but he's not really getting much run support if he's 5-5 five and five on the year. Yeah, it's been fascinating to take a look at him because he hasn't given up a lot of home runs or a lot of walks. Sub one home run for nine innings. Just been a matter of been getting a little bit unlucky and with the Blue Jays as well. It was a team that they as a collective were just getting unlucky with Ben in scoring position towards the beginning part of the season. Now, as they wind up entering into Wednesday, they had scored four plus runs in 14 out of their last 16 games. So we certainly have seen a little bit of reversal there. And when it comes to the board that we are seeing on Thursday, is there anything that you are going to be taking a look at? Because I mentioned it with the Blue Jays, very, very sizable favorites. They were by far the biggest ones on the betting board. And with the Tampa Bay Rays, it looked like we were getting Drew Rasmussen, but 
He's on the injured list, so this game is pulled off the board as of right now because we're unsure who's going to be starting most likely a bullpen game for the Tampa Bay Rays. But with that said, anything that you might wind up taking a look at with regards to just maybe a team or a pitcher in general that you want to look at a little bit more, or is there a bet that you've already got circled? Yeah, I got no bets placed right now, but I'll tell you the Tigers have been really, really embarrassing as of late. Ugh. And they're going up against Martin Perez, who's been, you know, I think one of the more surprising pitchers this year. Martin Perez, 2.18 ERA for the Rangers this year. He gets get a lot of credit uh, for what he's accomplished for the Rangers. So, you know, with the Tigers having to pitch three position players in Wednesday's game, I'd be looking at the Rangers. Martin Perez in the mound going up against good old Bo, who's 1-5 in five with a 4.34 ERA. Yeah, I think that it's been interesting to take a look at Martin Perez as far this season and Bo Brisky, who's got right around about a, like a four-ish ERA. I just take a look at him, and I think that he's due to get shelled very, very badly. But <laughs> even if he gets shelled very, very badly, if you get a total of eight, you're really rolling the dice with regards to the Detroit Tigers. I know that you're someone that you like to take a lot of team totals, whether it be first five or full game over slash under. And with the Detroit Tigers, I hope you haven't been taking a lot of overs with this team because I'm not sure about you, but I can't remember last time I saw a team with 31 home runs in 61 games and like half their players hitting below the Mendoza of 200. It's just been one of these cases which the Tigers have actually been a very good under team because their bullpen has been top five in the big leagues in terms of ERA. They're getting nothing generated whatsoever, though, with regards to the bats. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Like, they added a couple of big power bats to their lineup, and you thought, all right, well, maybe they could, you know, find a way, you know, with Baez, and you've got Meadows and, you know, Torkelson coming up. It's like you expected a little bit more out of this team. They're just not producing at all. So, yeah, the Rangers obviously also added a ton of great talent, and that talent is really starting to kind of figure it out now with, like, Marcus Simeon, who's doing much better now, and Corey Seager. And so, yeah, the Rangers looking a lot better than the Tigers. And I think coming into the season, I think both teams were kind of on the cusp of, like, are they playoff teams, are they not? The Rangers might be able to play themselves into it if they start to figure it out just a little bit more. They're not a bad team on paper. I would definitely take the Rangers every time they're facing against, you know, a worse team because they are, I think, better than their record shows. I think eventually the Rangers could give other teams a run for the money and potentially make the playoffs. And if the Rangers can just get a little bit of starting pitching behind Martin Perez, because I mean, Dane Dunning yeah. at home is terrific. Dane Dunning on the road has been absolutely terrible. John Gray, I wasn't necessarily bullish on that signing as well. If they could just get some of the starters to give them five solid innings, they've actually got a relatively solid bullpen top 10 in the big leagues. I do agree with you there. So going to be interesting to take a look at the Rangers moving forward. Jason, I know you do a great job of just being able to day in and day out handicap the game that we love of Major League Baseball. I know that you're putting out articles at a wide variety of different platforms. So love the good people at home. Know what's all on tap for you and how people can follow along on social media and other platforms. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter. That's Jason underscore Radowitz, R-A-D-O-W-I-T-Z. I retweet all my articles there. Also kind of get out my plays through a text messaging app. And it's free right now until at least the football season. So you get on that, you get my plays for free with a text messaging app called Dub Club. All MLB season basically be for free. 
are hidden on those plays as well. So really appreciate you having me on here and look forward to being back again. Jason always does a great job whenever he joins this podcast. Certainly a man that does a great job of being able to cover all the bases when it comes to Major League Baseball, a man that's out there in the northeast part of the country and brings it every single time. So a big thanks to him for joining me right here on the Baseball Betting Show, now part of the Eastern Family of Podcasts. And coming up next, it is that time of podcast. They give you picks and analysis on every game, on every game on the MLB betting board for this Thursday as we touch them all. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare getting ready to take on spring make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools from hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa 
he says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. 
Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think. Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball, this is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. And we're back here in lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now a part of the Easton Family Podcast. It is always a pleasure to get our good friend Jason Radowitz on. He does a terrific job handicapping things over there at Odds Checker. I know that he has done work with just a wide variety of platforms, bookmaker review. He always brings it whenever he's on this podcast. Does a tremendous job handicapping this game that we all know and love. So great to be able to get him aboard today. Big thanks, him. Now it is that time of the podcast. They give you picks and analysis and every game on the betting board for this MLB Thursday as we touch them all. If a game is listed on the betting board, Greg has a side and a total on it, so it is time to touch them all. Do note that as per usual, any changes that are made to these plays will be listed up on my Twitter feed at junet underscore 81. We're going to be going in Las Vegas rotation order. This is where we wind up going with the National League games first, then the American League games and any interleague games. Those are going to be at the bottom. That'll keep things all nice, neat, clean, and easy. Fortunately, we've got quite a few games that are off the board, so I'm going to maneuver my way through these as best as humanly possible, try to give you as much as I can, but we did wind up having quite a bit of mystery going into Wednesday evening with regards to these starters. So how about if we wind up starting with this first Ashley game of 951-952 on the banging board. The San Diego Padres in the road faceoff against the Chicago Cubs. Matt Schwarmer is going to be going for the Cubs and Joe Musgrove on the bump for the Padres. Currently, we've got no numbers up on this game, and even if we did wind up having money lines, we would not have a total because typically when it comes to games out there in Wrigley Field, it is all based on the wind, and that does wind up leading to a situation which you don't wind up having a total up there in the AM. But with that said, taking a look at the wind conditions right now, looks like the wind is going to be blowing out a little bit towards the beginning of the game, and then it's going to be turning more directional, blowing towards right field, towards the back half of the game. So it is sort of going to be a moving wind, for lack of a better term, when it comes to this one. So as a result, I did wind up saying my total higher in this one, 9.8, which means a 9.5 or less. I'm looking at an over and a 10 or higher. Going to be taking a look at an under because I think the Padres wind up scoring a lot of the runs in this game off of our friend Mr. Schwarmer, who wound up giving up six home runs in his last start against the New York Yankees. Taking a look at him at the minor league level. He wasn't great. He wasn't terrible. I do think that when it's all said and done, he's going to give up more earned runs than home runs. That's just absolutely ridiculous right there, but he's given up a lot of our contact. Four and a half home runs for nine innings. Once again, this is a number that's going to be going down. He's got some okay swing and miss stuff, but I do think that the command is also going to be going downwards a little bit as well. Just three walks and 17 innings, and for Joe Musgrove, he's been the most steady Eddie pitcher in the big leagues, in my opinion. He's made 11 starts. He's completed six innings in every one of them. He has given up three runs or fewer in every one of his starts. Four home runs given up in 72 innings. He's done it at home. He's done it on the road. Buck 58 Brody RA. 
buck 41 home ERA. Now, he's back to buy a bullpen that can be a little bit shaky. Nabal Kersmet has been a relatively solid long guy, but take a look at guys like Luis Garcia. He's been having himself right around a 3-5 ERA. Tim Hills, north of a 5. Taylor Rogers. He's been having a little bit more of a rough time of it ever since an amazing start to the season, but he seems to be reining it in. Steven Wilson has been a little bit up and down, and for the Cubs, it's been a really bad last 30 days for this bullpen. I mean, you just take a look at the way that they want to begin the season, and Scott Efres, Rowan Wick, they were giving you some really good innings, and then when it came to like the middle of May, things wound up going straight down the toilet bowl for this team, so not terrific right there, and you just don't really have too many trustworthy guys at this point. Even Michael Givens wound up giving up four runs without getting a single out in his appearance a couple days ago. You're just scraping for guys that currently have a sub-3 ERA right now. Even some like Chris Martin is up north of a 5. With regards to this Cubs lineup, you do have guys that are able to get on base for this team. Rafael Ortega has been a little bit in and out of the fold, but whenever he's been in it, he's been able to do a solid job. Unlikely to get a start here, but... You've got Christopher Morrell, Wilson Contreras, both giving you between about a 270 to a 280 batting average, coupled with Ian F and Nico Horner. And aside from Horner, all these guys have right around about a 350 on base. Contreras and Patrick Wisdom, 12 home runs. Now Wisdom striking out a ton, but he's been able to do a solid job of being able to put back the ball on the young third baseman and P.J. Higgins has been able to do a solid job of getting on base as well for the Padres. Very much a top-heavy lineup as Manny Machado's been ending at 315 with the double-digit amount of homers. He's really been the main guy for the team. Jorge Alfaro, to his credit, he and Eric Hosmer in between about a 270 to a 285. And a small sample size, Noah Mazar has been relatively solid. I have a feeling that this might wind up regressing a little bit. You take a look at what he wound up doing with the Tigers last season. He wound up hitting at 212. So it's not necessarily too terrific. Had a couple nice years with the Texas Rangers. So Fury's out on him. But I think guys like a Luke Voigt, Jake Cronenworth, Awesome Kim, these guys hitting between about a 220 to a 240. They haven't been able to do a great job. So I do think that this is a case in which Schwarmer's going to get lit up a little bit. He's given up a ton of our contact. I think that he's going to be able to control it a little bit more. But Joe Musgrove has been incredibly dominant with the Padres. I want to saying the Padres as a result. Minus 204 as a road favorite. Minus 142 laying a run and a half on the run line and nine and a half or less. I'm looking over 10 or higher to the under. 953, 954 on the betting board. Another game that's off the board and another road favorite that I'm going to be making quite hefty as the Philadelphia Phillies hit the red face off against the Washington Nationals. Patrick Corbin gets a start for the Nationals and Zach Whelan and Dylan Wheeler is going to be on the bump. For the Phillies, I made the Phillies minus 188 on the money line, minus 127 on the run line, and set my total at exactly an 8.5. With regards to an 8.5, if you'd be finding like the overjuice at an even, I'd be looking at an over. If the underjuice is even and the over is minus 120, I'd be looking at an under. And with that said, 8 or less would be looking over a 9 or higher to the under. But when it comes to Zach Wheeler, ever since he wound up having a rough first three or four starts of the season because he wound up having a little bit of truncated spring training, this guy has been absolutely tremendous. Tremendous for this team as you take a look at what he's done in his last five starts. He has given up five earned runs over the course of 31 and two-thirds innings, allowing zero home runs and five walks in that time span. I mean, this guy is just been flat out nasty and for Patrick Corbin, he's been nasty for your bankroll in that he's lit it on fire in 13 starts thus far this season. The Washington Nationals they have won three of those starts. Now, I will say they've won three out of his last four starts, but with that said, it is still a case of which out of the 13 starts, they have lost nine of them by multiple runs. And I take a look at the competition that they wound up playing, the Colorado Rockies at home, the Cincinnati Reds, and the Milwaukee Brewers. Those are the wins, and that was when the Brewers were really in their funk. And he still wanted giving up four runs and two 
bombs in that game against the Milwaukee Brewers. So that's a little bit of an issue there. 665 ERA for Corbin, and he's actually picked up velocity with regards to his fastball over the last few years. He's right now only giving up right around 1.3 home runs per nine innings. It's not great, but it's not terrible. Swing and miss stuff has been down from right around seven punch outs per nine innings, but 591 home ERA, 747 road ERA, and for Zach Wheeler, home and road last few years, he has been pretty darn dominant, and now it is a case in which the Nationals have to go up against the Phillies team that are doing a supreme job of being able to put back to ball. They are currently the number one team in the big leagues when it comes to home runs on the road this season, and got a lot of guys that are able to get on base for you. It's Bryce Harper. He's hitting a 317 with 15 home runs. You've been able to have Kyle Schwarber give you 16 bombs. He's only hitting a 207, but a 332 on base. Then you take a look at the middle of the lineup. Yohan Camargo, Reese Hoskins, Alec Bohm, Nick Cassianos, all guys in between about a 245 to 255. Hoskins has 13 home runs, and I mean, for Reese Hoskins, he got off to a really bad start to the year, but he is white hot right now. Last 15 days, he has been able to really supply the boom with five home runs, hitting about a 365 in that time span now that with the Phillies. And he's heavier trepidations when it comes to the bullpen. Brad and Corey Canabel have been relatively solid for the team, but when you take a look at some of the ancillary pieces, and it's not been great. Now, they are not going to have available someone in James Norwood who's been lighting games on fire. They have Nick Nelson instead, who's got his 480 ERA, but for the Nationals, it's been even worse with regards to this bullpen. I mean, whenever they've trotted out there, someone like a Victor Rano, it's not been great. Steve Ciszek, he's a little bit over the hill. They're looking at innings for Reed Garrett. That's not necessarily too terrific. Andres Machado, he's got a nearly 6 ERA. But with the Washington Nationals, what I am able to say is that this is a team that they rank in the top five with batting average. You've had Nelson Cruz overall for the season. Be able to hit a 265 as he, Keybatter Weez, Yadiel Hernandez, Cesar Hernandez. You're able to throw in there Mikel Franco. They're all leaning in that pocket about a 260 to 270. But for Nelson Cruz, he's hitting well above a 300 over the last three days. Hasn't necessarily provided a lot of power, but 36 RBI. Juan Soto, he's been dealing with a little bit of an injury as well, but he hasn't necessarily been too great this year. He's hitting at 230. He does have the 13 home runs and still a solid on base, but he's really underachieved thus far this season. Luis Garcia has been able to do a solid job and take a look at some of the understudies, and you've got to figure that more at-bats is coming the way of Lane Thomas, and Lane Thomas, ever since he's been able to get at-bats, it's been rock solid. He had that three-home run game, then hitting right around at 350 over the last 15 days, so that's something that you're able to look to as well, which is why I did wind up saying my total a little bit higher, so I would think that this probably winds up coming out at 8, so at an 8.5, I'd be looking at it over. If it does wind up being like an 8.5 with even juice on the over, I'd still be looking there. So it is a case of which pretty much an even juice 8.5 or less, I'm going to be looking at it over, obviously, an 8 would as well, 9 or higher, or a 8.5 total with regards like minus 120, minus 125 juice on the over. We'll be looking at an under end with the Phillies. One to lay up to minus 127 on the run line and minus 188 on the money line. Now we get to games with actual numbers as we go 955, 956, on the bang board. The New York Metropolitans, they are going to be playing us to the Milwaukee Brewers. Aaron Ashby is going to be going for the crew, and Tyler McGill is going to be on the bump for the Mets. Mets are between minus 123 and minus 130 favorites. Plus 110 to a plus 118 is your price on the crew, with your total 7.5 overs between minus 110 and minus 120. The under is anywhere between even a minus 110, and I want to make in the Mets, as I mentioned, with our good friend Jason Ryder, with a minus 146 favorite, so I'm willing to trust in them. The Mets, they did wind up running into one club in Burns on... Wednesday, that's always a little bit of a tough ordeal, but I mean, even with that, this team leads the big leagues in terms of both batting average and on base percentage, and you got Pete Alonso, who's right now looking like an MVP contender. 
18 home runs, 59 RBI, entering into what we wound up seeing on Wednesday. He has been absolutely tremendous. And, I mean, it's just up and down the board for this team. When you've got your normal catcher in there, because like yesterday they wound up throwing out there Patrick Mazakia, who is just not necessarily too good. Typically, on any given night, you've got one guy hitting below about a 245 for this team. And that one guy is Eduardo Escobar, who wound up hitting for a cycle about 10 days ago. Luis Galorme, Jeff McNeil, hitting above a 300. Sterling Marte, one of the best base dealers in Major League Baseball. He's been able to do a solid job. And for the Mets, bullpen could be a little bit shaky for the team. Julie Rodriguez has not necessarily been so terrific. Seth Lugo has had his issues with the team. They're looking to Yohan Lopez for a few innings, but by and large, it's not too bad. And for the Brewers, Devin Williams and Josh Hader, these are the two most dominant guys in the 8th and ninth inning that you're going to find in all of baseball. But past that, someone like a Peter Swazleski has not been able to do a great job. Obi Milner has actually been able to give you some solid innings, but they're picking up Chi Gonzalez off the scrap heap as perhaps a long guy. Maybe he minds giving the team a couple starts. Trevor Kelly, not necessarily too bullish on him as a reliever. North of an ADRA. And when it comes to this Brewers lineup, you just take a look at what they want to try out there on Wednesday. Nobody hitting above a 250 for the team now. You've got a trio of guys, Willie Adamas, Hunter Renfro, Rowdy Tellez, all giving you between 10 and 11 home runs. And you do have a few guys that have been able to get on base. Victor Carantini right around a 350 on base. The catcher spot in general has actually been halfway decent for the Milwaukee Brewers. But I mean, you've got Willie Adamas, Lorenzo Kane, Kessid Hira, so many guys hitting a 215 or lower for the team. Christian Yelich has not been able to refine that MVP format for Aaron Ashby. We talked about it with Jason Rydowitz. The fact that he's just given up a couple too many walks right now. He's got absolutely filthy stuff. He's getting right around 11 punch outs per nine innings. But with that said, he's also given up right around four walks per nine innings. Home runs per nine rate, right around one Tyler McGill. He's always had a little bit of an issue giving up the deep ball, right around 1.2-ish home runs per nine innings. But he's been able to do a good job of being able to control those walks, right around 2.2 walks per nine innings. His strikeouts per nine rate, right around a nine and a half. And with Tyler McGill, it just is a case in which City Field seems to suit him a little bit better because he has an ERA that's a full point lower at home rather than on the road. I do think that we're going to see a little bit of scoring here. I do mind saying my total at an 8.2, so I'm looking over McGill. He's got overall 450 ERA. This is going to be, I believe, his second start off the injured list. And with Ashby, he is a little bit suspect with regards to being able to put guys on the Mets consistently are able to move the line. So I'm going to be taking a look at this total over, and I'm looking at the Mets. 957, 958 on the banking board. The Oakland A's hit the road faceoff against the Boston Red Sox. Rich Hill going to be going for the Sox. And Paul Blackburn walks the plank for Oakland. Oakland is finding themselves as a underdog of any routine, plus 120 and plus 130. Meanwhile, for Boston, you're going to be getting them in between minus 138 and minus 145. 9-9.5 is your total. On the 9, the over is minus 120. The under is even. On the 9.5, the under is minus 120, and the over is even. And when it comes to Oakland, I did wind up saying them a plus 162 underdog. Paul Blackburn has been able to do a very solid job this far this season, but I do think that regression starting to come in from he's just not much of a swing and miss guy. Right around 6.5 punch outs per 9 innings. Now, this per 9 rate, right around 7-ish. You're able to live with that, but I do think that hard contact is coming his way. Three home runs given up in 66 and a third innings. He's been a little bit lucky with that aspect. And I mean, in seven road starts, 0.91 ERA. Opponents are just a buck 87 off of him, despite the fact that he's only getting right around seven strikeouts per nine innings. So he's done a great job of being able to control the walks. A little bit over two walks per nine innings. And for Rich Hill, this is a guy that is not getting as many strikeouts as he did towards the beginning part of his career. He's up there because he is the oldest active starting pitcher out there in the big league. So he's right now hovering right around seven and a half strikeouts 
per nine innings. His home runs per nine rate that is in the pocket of about 1.3, but fortunately for him, he's going up against the Oakland A's, and he's been able to do a good job with the walks right around two and a half walks per nine innings. You just take a look at this Oakland A's team, man. They're in the bottom five of the big leagues when it comes to home runs per game. I mean, Seth Brown, his, I believe, eight home runs currently leads the team, and you take a look at the starting lineup that they want to trotting out there on Wednesday. One guy in the starting lineup hitting above a 235, and that's Christian Bethencourt. I mean, it's just not really going well for this team. You take a look at some of these guys, like Luis Pareda, Elvis Andrews, Tony Kemp. They're in between about a 230 and a 235. And these are your more trustworthy bats. Ramon Laureano is 331 on base. Let everyone that wound up seeing a plate appearance yesterday. That is not good right there. And then for the Boston Red Sox, you've got a trio of guys. They're inning above a 325. It's Xander Bogarts, J.D. Martinez, Rafael Devers, and for Devers, 16 home runs, 40-plus RBI. He has been terrific for this team. They wound up sending back up to the big leagues, Jaron Duran. He's been able to do a solid job of being a reach base for the team as well. Christian Vasquez, he's hitting a 270. Now, Trevor Story has been a little bit of a buster rooney with this team. Right around a 300 on base, nine home runs. Other than when he plays against the Seattle Mariners, it's not been going well. But Alex Verdugo, over the last three days, he's hitting north of a 275. Been a little bit touch and go with Franchi Cordero. But the big thing for the Boston Red Sox is that their bullpen has been able to progress. And as the season has went along, the Oakland A's bullpen has went straight down the toilet bowl, which is not necessarily good. And so Robles. He wound up coming off of the injured list about a week or so ago. He's been able to give the team some solid innings. They had a Casa Sadamora, along with Robles, Jake Diekman, Tyler Danish. They're all having an ERA right around a 3 to a 3 3. So they've done a nice job holding on the Ford. And Austin Davis, right around a buck 50 ERA, has actually been very good for the team. And then for Oakland, Danny Amenis started out the year very solid. He's now got north of 4 ERA. Sam Wall, AJ Puck, both of these guys have sub 2 ERAs. They've been able to do a solid job holding down the Ford for this team. But really past that, you're looking to someone like an Austin Pruitt, Domingo Acevedo, guys with mid-3 ERAs being able to hold it down, and it's just not necessarily going well there. I do think that Paul Blackburn do in for some hard contact, and I think that's going to be starting against a Boston Red Sox team that they do a great job of being able to supply that at home, and I do think that Richo going to give up a few runs of his own, but that said, I'm willing to make this total a 9.8. I'm going to be taking a look at an over, and when it comes to the Boston Red Sox, wanted making them on the money line more of a minus 162. Was willing to take anything north of about a plus 115 on the run line. Currently, I'm finding it at plus 140. I recognize it is a little bit of a roll of the dice when you wind up taking these home teams on the run line, but Boston They've got a powerful enough offense that I like this plus price. So looking at the run line of the Red Sox, and I'm going to be taking a look at this total over 959-960 on the betting board. You've got the Baltimore Orioles. They're going to be in the road to face off against the Toronto Blue Jays. And what I'm going to be making the DK Nation pick as Kevin Gosman is going to be going for the Jays. And Tyler Wells is going to be on the bump for the Orioles as the Orioles find themselves significant underdogs anywhere between plus 205 and plus 210. Meanwhile, if you're looking at the Jays, it's anywhere between minus 225 and minus 255. John's game is 8.5, under is minus 115, and the over is minus 105. On the money line, I'm on to making the Jays minus 273. Don't worry, I will not privy you to a DK Nation pick where we might have making it a north of like minus 225 money line. That's pretty much cheating right there. We are not going to do that. Instead, we're going to be taking a look at the total, and I'm going to be taking a look at the under because Kevin Gosman has been nothing short of spectacular here for the Blue Jays. And despite the fact that he's got a very low ERA, his fielding independent is nearly a point lower than his ERA that's currently right around at 267 because he's given up two home runs in 70 and two-thirds innings. His walks per nine rate, oh, it's elevated to right around about 1.3, but I mean, the guy has been terrific. He's getting 10 strikeouts per nine innings. He's been giving up a little bit of contact, but 
With the Baltimore Orioles, this has been an offense that they just have not been able to generate on the road. And they're averaging fewer than 3.7 runs per game on the road thus far this season. And power just has really not been there for this team. They've got right around 32 home runs in 33 games on the road. To their credit, they've been hitting right around about a 300 with regards to one on base, 232 when it comes to batting average. As you've seen Trey Boomer, Mancini, Austin, the Sayers kid, a pair of guys that overall this season hitting between about a 285 to a 300 on the road. These guys wind up seeing that fall to more like a 265 to a 275. Cedric Mullins, Ryan Mountcastle on the road. They're hitting right around a 260 themselves, but you got a lot of guys that they wind up struggling on the road. You root at Rodor. Most of his home runs have wound up coming at home thus far this season. And on top of that, on the road, he's hitting about a buck seventy-five. Adley Rushman has not been able to find it thus far this season. And for the Blue Jays, the bullpen has been a little bit shaky, but with Kevin Gosman being able to give you as much length as he does, it really helps rule out some of these less than trustworthy guys. You're able to find yourself with more like a Tim Mays has been posting up a two ERA. Adam Simber has been good for this team, two fifty ERA. I will say Jordan Romano is a closer. He's not elite, but at the same time, sub-3 ERA has been able to do a nice job getting a whole bunch of saves for this team. And then with the Baltimore Orioles, you're able to feel very good about this bullpen. It is in the top eight with regards to the big leagues. I still think we're going to see a little bit of regression with some of these guys because I mean, you've got just a whole bevy of guys that currently have a sub-2 ERA. Dylan Tate, Marco Stiplin, along with CNL Perez, Ore Lopez, Felix Batista, and I like Tayton Batista. That's it. I do think that we're going to see it rise just a little bit, but I mean, these guys have been terrific all season long. Even someone like a Nick Vespi, who wound up getting sent up to the big leagues. He's only made four appearances for right around six innings, but he's been able to do a solid job. And then for Tyler Wells, he actually was in the bullpen line season, has been getting stretched out as a starter. Hasn't been great, hasn't been bad. Right around at 386 ERA. A gentleman that's giving up in the pocket about 1.3 home runs per nine innings. Three runs or fewer given up in pretty much all but one of his starts as far as the season. Not much of a swing and miss guy. Only going to give you right around five and a half, six strikeouts per nine innings, but has been able to do a nice job holding down the fort, not giving up a lot of walks in the neighborhood, about 2.1-ish walks per nine innings, so you do like to see that, and with the Toronto Blue Jays, they have really been able to bust out with the bat, you gotta give them a lot of credit, they have scored four plus runs and now 15 out of their last 18 games, and some of the guys that were struggling towards the beginning of the season, they've been able to pick it up to Oscar Hernandez, over the last 30 days he's hitting nearly a 300, Santiago Espinal he's sitting in that 300 pocket as well Boba Chef, Vlad Guerrero Jr., George Springer all guys sitting between a 2 65-ish and a 275-ish all have a double digit amount of bombs including Vlagger Jr. going deep 15 times and for the Baltimore Orioles just with the lack of offense but the good pitching I do think that this is going to bode itself for a lower scoring game and I do like the run line here of the Blue Jays in this lower scoring game as if you're taking a look at that right now you're able to find it right around a minus 120 I think that you've actually got very good value because I think that Gosman really going to be able to hold it down for the Toronto Blue Jays lend 7 plus innings and then you wind up getting into your more trustworthy bullpen pieces, so I'm looking at the Blue Jays on the run line with regards to more of a side and then when it comes to the DK Nation pick I'm going to be taking a look at the under semi-total at a 7.8. 961-962 on the betting board. Tampa Bay Rays hit the road face off against the New York Yankees. We were thinking we were getting Drew Rasmussen for the Tampa Bay Rays. Now it's going to be a bullpen game because he wound up hitting the injured list and Luis Severino is going to be going for the New York Yankees in bullpen game of the Rays against Severino. Set the Yankees minus 154 on the money line 
line and made the total 8.7, which means ain't after less looking at an over 9 or higher to the under. It's a raised bullpen that they are the one bullpen that is able to take this blow and really not miss too much of a step with the Tampa Bay Rays. If you had a lot of guys that they are very capable of being able to go multiple innings, you got to figure that Jalen Beeks is going to be on deck on this one because he last wound up pitching on Sunday. He has been utilized as a multi-inning guy. He's made a couple starts throughout his career. He's been typically a little bit of an opener for this team from time to time as well. He's got himself a sub-2 ERA, so you've got to figure that you're going to see a nice little dosage of him. Ralph Garza Jr. has been someone that's been used as a little bit of a long guy for this team. He's averaging two innings per appearance for this team. Has been able to post up right around a 3-2 ERA, so he's relatively solid as well. Colin Booch has been able to do a good job out of the bullpen. Matt Weisler, he's been utilized as an opener. He's able to go multiple innings, so the Tampa Bay Rays are able to mix and match this one without losing a ton from Durasmus. And now it's a little bit of a downgrade, but with that said, it's not like this is the end of the world for the Tampa Bay Rays. Meanwhile, you take a look at the Yankees and Luis Severino, he has been better at home than he has been on the road and he's really come back and he's looked relatively solid. He's given up right around 1.2-ish home runs for nine innings. You take a look at what he's been able to do at home, 233 home ERA compared to a 363 ERA on the road opponents overall. They're hitting right in the neighborhood about a 213 off of him and he's really been able to limit the walks. Fewer than two walks per nine innings and well, he's backed up by the New York Yankees lineup that now you've got Aaron Judge with 25 home runs. To put this into perspective, the Detroit Tigers as a collective, they had 31 going into what we are going to be seeing on Thursday, so that's not necessarily too terrific. And then we've got Anthony Rizzo, who's gone deep 15 times. He's only hitting right around 220, but 320 on base. DJ turning up LeMayhew, John Carlos Stanton, Glaber Torres, all these guys hitting between about a 255 to a 270. And then Isaiah Kinnair Falefa, he's been with about a 275 ultimate utility guy for the team with the race. They are lacking a little bit of firepower with regards to the home run ball, but got a lot of guys that have been able to get on base for the team. Yandy Diaz, nearly a 400 on base, Harold Ramirez, along with Manuel Margot, are both hitting above a 285. You've got Randy Orozco, has been hitting right around 300 over the last 30 days now. Bottom of the lineup, guys like Taylor Walls. Badiel Brujan, along with Brett Phillips, and even the backup catcher, and Rene Pinto. These guys just have not been able to do a great job. And the normal catcher, and Mike Zanino, he's seeing a big, giant power dip with regards to his numbers. So this is a spot in which I do think that the Rays can have a little bit of a tough time putting up runs on the board, but their offense has actually been a little bit better on the road than it has been at home. So want to making it to where an 8.5 or less could be taking a look at an over 9 or higher to the under end in bullpen game against the New York Yankees. And the Yankees, they themselves, they've got a relatively solid bullpen, Michael King. He's got a 0-30 ERA thus far this season. Wani Peralta is posted up a sub-2 ERA. Clark Schmidt, along with Michael King, these guys are able to lend you multiple innings. Both of these guys have sub-3-2 ERAs. And it's the spot in which set the Yankees minus 154 on the money line. If you're looking to lay a run and F with the Yankees, I would need at least a plus 130 to be able to take a shot there. And like I said, an F or less will be my take on the over. 963-964 on the bang board. Texas Rangers hit the road face off against the Detroit Tigers. Bo Brisky is going to be going for the Tigres. And Martin Perez is going to be on the bump for the Rangers. We currently have no numbers up on this game. A little bit befuddling as to why, but with that said, I've got my handicap, and with the Rangers, made them a minus 145 favorite, plus 120-ish on the run line, and a 7.5 or less, I'm going to be looking at an over, an 8 or higher to the under. Want to mention this at a few minutes ago. The Tigers have 31 home runs in 62 games thus far this season. That is not a misprint. That is not me speaking out of line. 
They've got 31 home runs in 62 games thus far this season. It is absolutely putrid, and allow me to name off some names here. We've got Javi Baez, Jamir Candelario, Jonathan Scope, Robbie Grossman, Eric Haas, Spencer Torkelson, and then you're able to throw in their, their new infielder and Cody Clemens. What do these guys all have in common? They're all hitting below 200. It is not going great. Now, Miguel Cabrera is hitting right around 290. Euro Castro is hitting in that pocket about a 300, but that is it. They are getting no offense whatsoever. Now, for the Detroit Tigers, the bullpen has been beginning to regress a little bit because, well, when you wind up losing four of your five starters from the opening day rotation, you're going to wind up having that, but it's still a top six bullpen in terms of ERA. Michael Fulmer has come in. He's been able to hold down the fort. He's got a sub-250 ERA. Been able to get some very good innings out of Wolves. Gregory Soto, sub-3 ERA is there. Alex Lang, he has been terrific. Right around a 2-2 ERA. I mean, you've got a lot of bullpen pieces, but with the Walker Texas Rangers, this is also a very solid bullpen in their own right. They did wind up having to use of quite a few guys on Wednesday, so that is going to be a little bit of an issue for this team, but and you just take a look up and down the boulevard. Matt Moore, right around 2-5 ERA. Dennis Santana, Brock Burke, both of these guys have a sub buck 50 ERA. Joe Barlow has been able to do a relatively solid job for this team, and we were mentioning it with our good friend Jason Radowitz. This is a Texas Rangers team that they do have a little bit of firepower now. I do argue that you need a little bit more out of Marcus Simeon along with Corey Seager. Simeon has six home runs over the last 20 games, but still has been a little bit rough going for he and Seager, both of these guys right around 290 on base. Both hitting approximately a 224. Nate Lowe has been able to get low with a 275 batting average. He's got eight home runs. That has been terrific. And I mean, the catcher spot in general with Jonah Heim along Sam Huff, these guys have been able to do a solid job of being able to get on base. But guys like Brad Miller and Ibanez, when he's been out there, Mitch Garver has been a little bit banged up. Eli White, they're only at 225 or lower, so that's a little bit of an issue. But fortunately, it's more than what you're able to get out of the Tigers. And take a look at Martin Perez. This guy's given up two runs or fewer in nine out of his last 10 starts. They wind up getting completely shellacked against the Chicago White Sox, but that's a team that they absolutely match lefties. I'm willing to throw that out the window a little bit, and he's actually been better on the road than he has been at home. Perez, buck 85 ERA over the course of his five starts, giving up a grand total of two home runs in 74 and a third innings. Is there going to be a regression with that? Yes, it's probably not going to come in this game against this poopy Tigers lineup, though. And then for Bo Brisky, there's big-time regression coming in from. He's won 47 and two-thirds innings. He's given up 12 home runs, and yet he's got a 434 ERA. That is just not adding up. He gives up right around three walks per nine innings. Doesn't get a lot of swing and miss right around six strikeouts per nine innings. I think that the Tigers get to do a good job of, well, not being able to get the job done once again. So set the Rangers as a minus 145 favorite. We need at least a plus 125 to be able to take a shot on the run line. And like I said, seven and a half or less looking over eight or higher to the under. 965, 966 on the betting board. The LA Angels hit the road to face off against the Seattle Mariners. George Kirby is going to be going for the M's. And Joey Otani is going to be on the bump for the Angels. Currently no numbers up on this game. I have no idea why, but with that said, I've got my handicap. Wind up saying the Angels minus 116 as a road team and the total 8.2, which means 8 or less looking at an over 8.5 prior to the under. Shoei Otani has always had a little bit of a struggle home to road. Last year was very demonstrative. He had a sub-2 ERA at home with regards to his pitching on the road. It was closer to a 5. This year it's been evened out a little bit more. 314 at home, 421 on the road. He's had a little bit of an issue giving up the deep ball this season as he's given up right in the neighborhood about 1.4 home runs per 990s. He's only been given up right around 2.3-ish walks per 9, so he really addressed that and his swing and miss stuff has been terrific. Right around 11.3-ish strikeouts per 9 innings, and then you take a look at Mr. Kirby. He has been captain command. One walk per 9 innings, getting right around 8.5 strikeouts per 9. Did wind up having a rough start last time out against the Boston Red Sox, and really he has given up 
Four plus runs in three out of his last five starts. Now, two of those did wind up coming against the Boston Red Sox, which seems to be his bugaboo team. Take out the starts against the Boston Red Sox, and he's actually been putting together right around about a two five ish ERA. But with that said, he's right now got a 394 ERA at home. A little bit concerning that he's given up three home runs in 16 innings, but certainly a guy that's not going to be putting guys on cheaply. And then when it comes to this LA Angels team, they finally have Taylor Ward back in full. That's going to be able to help them out because he and Jared Walsh, they combined 21 home runs. Ward, 325 batting average. You got to think that's going to take a little bit of time for him to get on base. And I don't know if we're going to see the same guy that was having a 450 on base prior to going on the injured list, but certainly has been able to supply the goods for the team. Joey Otani, 13 bombs, 260 batting average. He's going to be most likely hitting in this game. You've got Mike Trout, who's been able to bust out of his funk. He's back to getting on base consistently. He still has 16 home runs for the season. And even someone like Matt Duffy sitting at three iron for the same bottom of the fold. Guys like Luis Ranifo, Kurt Suzuki, they have not been able to do a tremendous job. But then take a look at the flip side for the Seattle Mariners team, Julio Rodriguez. Right now the big-time favorite to be able to win American League Rookie of the Year. He has been leading the league in terms of sole bases thus far this season. He's hitting right around 265. That has been electrifying for the team. And got a pair of guys in Thai France. And then Junio Suarez will be able to combine for a combined 22 home runs. Suarez hitting only about a 235, but a 327 on base. France, he has nearly a 395 on base. Now you need more out of Adam Frazier. He's only hitting a 230 for the team. Jesse Winker seeing a 215. Really a cataclysmically bad year for him. And catch respond in general for the team has been rough. Cal Raleigh, Abraham Toro, you're able to throw in there. Dill Moore, these guys are hitting a 205 or lower. But Taylor Trammell, I've actually been intrigued with. I like the way that. He's been able to come alive. He's been in a little bit of a funk recently, but still overall hitting right around 245 for this bunch. But what is really hurting the Mariners is the fact that their bullpen has not been what it was last season. Drew Seconrider wanted getting DFA'd. Penn Murphy has probably been your best bullpen piece thus far. He's got a sub-2 ERA, but Sergio Romo is 6 ERA. Diego Castillo has been all over the place. Ryan Baruki in between his time with the Mariners and Toronto, a 9-plus ERA, but... Let's take a look at another bad bullpen in the LA Angels as they wind up signing Ryan Tapera and Aaron Loop to be guys that are trustworthy to get the ball to Rossi Iglesias. Well, Rossi Iglesias is right now posting up right around a 4-5-ish ERA and Ryan Tapera and Aaron Loop, they're both posting up north of a 4 ERA. I mean, the guys that have been most trustworthy for the team is one healthy Kyle Bearclaw, Andrew Wants, and Jose Quijada. So, that has not been too terrific. It did wind up tempering my expectations for the Angels. I think that we've got two good starters here. I think that Otani winds up outdueling George Kirby a little bit. So, when I'm setting the Angels at minus 116 and Interless looking at an over 8.5 prior to the under. And we wrap things up with 967, 968 on the bang board. The Cleveland Guardians hit the road face off against the Colorado Rockies. Chad Cool hopes to be Mr. Cool for the Rockies, and you've got Tristan McKenzie who's going to be on the bum for Cleveland. Cleveland, anywhere between a minus 115 to a minus 125 favorite. Meanwhile, if you're taking a look at Colorado, anywhere between minus 105 to plus 115, so a lot of variance there. Total on this game, it is 11.5 over and under, anywhere between minus 105 and minus 115, and I'm going to be taking a look at the under. Semi-total at 10.8. Ever since going down to the minor league level last season, you've had Tristan McKenzie do a significantly better job of being able to just not give out the free passes in general. That was what was really killing him during that 2021 campaign. Take a look at him this season, right in the neighborhood, about two and a half blocks per nine innings. Certainly passable. He has been giving up some hard contact. He is giving up right around 1.5-ish home runs per nine innings. And then you take a look at Chad Cool. Winds coming in from the uh, Pittsburgh Pirates over the offseason. And he's been terrific when he's pitched at Coors Field. 322 home ERA. Not easy to do at Coors. He has given up three home runs and 22 and a third innings. But he's been able to do a great job with Garth's command, which leads you to wonder why he's got five blocks per nine innings on the road. But overall, he's given up. 
about three and a half inch walks per nine innings, both home and road opponents are getting a 250 off of him. Not great, not terrible. He's not going to give you great swing and miss stuff. He's not going to give you terrible swing and miss stuff. The thing that's really killing him is that the Colorado Rockies, they and the Cincinnati Reds are one two with regards to worst bullpens out there in the big leagues. Now, you do have a couple guys for the Colorado Rockies that they just wind up pitching better at home than on the road. Like, you take a look at Lucas Gilbreth, Justin Lawrence, both of these guys overall this season. They've got ERAs that are at a 5-5 or greater. You take a look at what they're able to do at home, and it's not like they're lighting the world on fire, but both of these guys have a 4 ERA or lower, and for Gilbreth, more like a 2-16 ERA. Alex Calme at home, he's got right around 2-ish ERA, and Tyler Kinley has been captain reliable for the team, but unfortunately, he is most likely going to be done for the season, so that winds up putting the Rockies' bullpen in a little bit more hurt, and for the Cleveland Guardians, just a team that in general has been able to do a great job of getting on base. You've got the RBI leader in Jose Ramirez, who's been amazing, hitting nearly a 316 home runs, 62 RBI, but find him, Josh Naylor, Owen Miller, Stephen Kwan, Amid Rosario, these guys are pretty much in between about a 262 and 275. All these guys able to get on base and in a limited sample size. Oscar Gonzalez entering into Wednesday, 69 at best, hitting a 377. He has been terrific. Miles Straw needs to pick it up a little bit, but I mean, it's been a relatively solid Guardians lineup that leads the big leagues with regards to fewest strikeouts per game. And then for the Colorado Rockies, it's a team that they hit right around 35 points higher at home than they do on the road. CJ Crone has 14 home runs. 10 of them have wound up coming at home. Brendan Rodgers, all of his home runs have come at home. He's hitting overall a 255 hit significantly better at home. Same for Connor Joe, hitting about a 255 overall this season, but his numbers go up to probably north of a 300 when he's at home, so something to take a look at there. But with Tristan McKenzie, I was willing to lay up to a minus 125 with him. I'm currently seeing the minus 115 out there. That is certainly calling my name. I think that he's going to do a good job being able to stymie these Colorado Rockies bats, and I do think that Chad Cool going to be able to lend a relatively solid start, but with the Guardians, big time advantage when it comes to bullpen. I mentioned the not-so-greatness of the Colorado Rockies bullpen. Meanwhile, you've got Emmanuel Classe for the Guardians, one of the best closers that you're going to find in the big leagues. you got a pair of failed starters in Eli Morgan and Sam Hentages. They went to the bullpen. They're both posting up sub-2 ERAs, and Yel De Los Santos, a sub-3 ERA. He's been able to do a good job holding it down. Brian Shaw's been a little bit up and down, but over the last 30 days, he's been able to find it as well. So, did wind up saying my total in an 11.8, looking under, and won't delay up to a minus 125 here with Cleveland, and that'll wrap things up for the Thursday edition of the Baseball Betting Show, now part of the VEASAN Family Podcast. Big thanks to our good friend over there at Odds Checker, Jason Radowitz, for joining me in the last segment. If you do like appearing from the Thine Podcast, the Baseball Betting Show, you're able to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. If you've got a question, comment, segment, idea, whatever you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways we all fire those in. First one is my Twitter timeline, at unit underscore D1. Keep in mind, letters EM, they mean does not matter. So as per usual, please do send these into the timeline. Other way, find an Apple Podcast review. If you're at this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you're able to find whatever you'd like here on this podcast. Find that five-star review. Coming at you guys every single day throughout the baseball season, and that means I'm coming at you once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. 
This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.